Hey there, SLP. You are listening to this podcast, so I know that you love to listen to podcasts. And if that is the case, then I know that you are going to love my secret private podcast, Secondary Secrets for SLPs. It's six short episodes that will have you walking away feeling refreshed and inspired and ready to take on those challenging secondary speech students. So if you work with grades four through 12 and are in a planning rut or wanting some fresh new ideas to keep your students motivated, make sure you head to speechtimefun.com slash secondary secrets. You are not going to find this podcast in your iTunes podcast search browser. You can only get access by going to that link. So head to it now. It is six short episodes that you can listen to it in under an hour, like totally Netflix binge-worthy. I made this just for you, and I know you are going to love it. SLPs have been telling me already that it has changed their way for working with their older speech students. So head on over, again, to speechtimefund.com slash secondarysecrets, or use the link in the show notes, and I can't wait to hear what you think. Now let's head on to this week's episode of SLP Coffee Talk. You are listening to SLP Coffee Talk. I am your host, Hallie Sherman, and I am a licensed speech-language pathologist who is in the trenches working full-time in a public school in New York. I am the author of the blog and Teachers Pay Teachers store, Speech Time Fun, where I love helping other SLPs conquer the overwhelm and get back hours spent on prepping activities. I am here to help you be the best SLP you can be and have fun while doing it. Just like your morning cup of coffee, this podcast is just what you need to start the day or week. Let's jump into today's Coffee Talk. Hey, hey, and welcome to another episode of SLP Coffee Talk. Last week, I had Craftsman and Witcher, where we talked all about having the biggest impact without overwhelm while creating IEPs. And this week, I wanted to dive a little bit further into the IEP process and things that I like to use to best create appropriate goals, right? That's such a hot topic is coming up with relevant goals that are functional for our students and appropriate so they see progress. So that's what we're going to dive into here today. So you have a new student. Or you may be evaluating one right now or have one that you have to evaluate coming up. And they qualify. Now what? We need to determine goals, but how? There are so many things that we can work on that they're struggling with in their classrooms, right? And these are more your, like, language learning disability students. I'm not talking about your articulation or fluency, things like that, even social skills goals. These are your comprehension, vocabulary, basic, receptive, and expressive language type students. How do you decide? So when I first started working in the schools, especially with the older speech students, I really had no idea. I just took the goals that my previous students had, and I just said, eeny, meeny, miny, mo," and picked something randomly that looked appropriate. I might have looked at what the teachers were working on. I'll say, okay, I'll, I'll work on that in speech as well. But you can predict what probably happened. I struggled to teach my students what they really needed. I was, real, I was not understanding why I was working on that with them. I found myself struggling to see the progress with my students. And I found that when the next IEP time came, I was like, do I just roll over these goals? Like, now what do I work on? Because they still didn't meet it. 
So I felt like a failure. And maybe you might have felt this way too. Maybe you can relate to this, whether you've felt this way in the past or you're feeling this way now or just feeling unsure when it comes to determining goals. Because one thing I like to do now is in the beginning, I was like, I don't want to have a laundry list of goals because that's not achievable in a year when I'm seeing these students once or twice a week and they might be absent, I might be absent, there might be a quarantine here or there. You know, things come up. So I knew it was the goal. I knew it wasn't relevant. It wasn't measurable. And it was too challenging or too simple for that matter. And they mastered it maybe like the first month of school. And then what do I do with them? So I had to come up with something else. So I knew I had to change something. I knew I needed to take my evaluation process and goal writing process and do something differently. But how do you decide, right? So I realized that I need to take a step back and look at the whole student and what they're expected from kindergarten to high school in terms of growth in academics and concepts and skills. And that's when I started to think about like a hierarchy of skills. So let's think about what is the most simple or basic skill our students might work on. Once they're past like basic vocabulary and stuff, right? When it comes to comprehension, we might be working on WH questions about passages read or heard or a sentence read or heard. So that might be the most simplistic thing that we might be working on with these types of students. And then let's go to the other far end of the hierarchy. What's the most challenging? Okay, so inferencing, right? Those are concepts a little bit more abstract, things that are not right there in front of them. They have to read between the lines. Our students with social skills really struggle with like, things that are not right there in front of them. So that might be our most challenging. And where do I get this information from? You can get it from just knowing the students and development. You can get this from looking at the Common Core standards or whatever kind of standards your state or district is utilizing. And I also look at like Bloom's taxonomy and things like that. So a lot of times in grad school, you know, after like those Brown's morphemes and all that fun stuff, it's like, then what? Right? We never really learned thoroughly and deeply the then what. So I had to take what the teachers are utilizing and look at the language and concepts incorporated in all those things that they're expected to get their students to do and incorporate in the classroom. And I looked at those hierarchy of skills and I said, okay, that's where I need to start and that's where I need to get my students. Now, the classroom teacher is expecting to get their students from A to Z in one year. We need to start at A and see where our students are at and start at that level. Okay, so what's in between basic WH questions and inferencing? Well, yeah, recall of details, which might be WH questions, right? They need to be able to recall the details and be able to express them in an answer of a WH question. They have to get the gist or the main idea. Summarize, sequencing, tell it in order, tell it in their own words. Predicting, guess what might happen next? Compare and contrasting to stories, to characters, to settings, something related to the text, whether it's something within the text or two texts. And we need to determine where they're at and what they can do independently. We can't just assume because they heard it in class, we should do the next possible thing. Or just because they're doing it in class, that's what we need to focus on. We need to look at each student individually as a blank slate and say, okay, where are they functioning and what can they do? But on top of all this, we need to not only look at the skills, we need to look at without a text, whether, can they do it without like just maybe pictures or just basic listening prompts? And also, if you are using a text, what level of a text and what level of support? How much prompts, how much guidance, how much assistance do they require in order to be successful? We need to gather all this information before we can appropriately create a goal that is realistic, measurable, and achievable. So you're probably asking, okay, I just finished testing this kid. I just wrote up the report. I have to now schedule this student and write the IEP. Where am I supposed to find time to get this information? We have a couple options. You can pull them once again, 
it doesn't have to be like an extensive period of time. It could be like 15, 20 minutes. And then you can write those goals and create an IEP based on that information that you probe and assess in that follow-up session. Or even start to incorporate this process in your evaluation process. Whether or not they qualify or not, you can do a little probing. And it could also help justify like why you are not recommending services. So you can say not only did the test scores warrant scores that are within the average range, when probed on the various skills necessary in the classroom, student was able to yada, yada, yada. Or they were able to do these things as long as it was at their independent reading level, which means it's a reading thing, not a language thing. So being able to have all that information can help you go into an IEP meeting feeling confident with your recommendations as well. So how do we figure this out? Like, where do we get the information on what skills or strategy? Like, there's no test protocol. Like, yes, there's like the understanding spoken paragraphs and the self, and there's like the listening comprehension test. And you can use some of that information to help guide you. But we need more information than just that, like the can or can't they. We need to know, like, what can they do with support? Or what could they do if it was simplified or more challenging? Where is the breakdown? We need more information. So. With what resources? You can take articles at different levels from like New ELA, readworks.org, find things on Teachers Pay Teachers, and you can find things at different levels of complexity, find different things at different reading levels, and you can create your own toolbox, put a little binder together with some resources, come up with different comprehensive questions. But you're probably saying to yourself while driving in your car, Hallie, I don't have time for that. Like I have a million and three other things I have to do. The last thing I need to do is put together this toolbox. I agree with you. And that is why I have tools for you that I'm going to share with you today. Some are free, some are not. My first tool that I have for you is a free critical thinking probe screener that I created to help you determine if students can comprehend one paragraph, two paragraphs, or three paragraphs. So as the texts get longer, where is the breakdown? On top of that, so not only by one paragraph, two paragraphs, but three paragraphs, in each of those different categories, I have three different levels of complexity or lexile levels. The higher the lexile, the more challenging the vocabulary words and sentence structures are in the text. And that is a lot of times what the teachers utilize as their reading level to determine if they're reading it at or above or below grade level. So I have three different levels. So one paragraph, two paragraphs, three paragraphs. And at each of those paragraph levels, I split it up by lexile. As the vocabulary gets more challenging and sentence structure gets more challenging, do they break down? Is that where is the breakdown? And on top of that, for each of these different levels, I have probes for WH questions, main idea, predicting, context clues, and inferencing. So you get all of that, and it's a digital tool, so you can do it virtually or in person. There's nothing to print out. I mean, you can if you want to, but you can just display it on a screen and just read it with your student, have them listen. Have, you can And again, testing out what levels of support. If they took notes, if you gave them a, a graphic organizer, could they be more successful? If you stopped and go throughout each paragraph or each sentence and checked for understanding, were they able to be more successful? So it's not only the yes or no, can they do it, but that anecdotal information in between really helps you generate a true picture of the student's capabilities independently and with support. And that's how you can determine, okay, not only are you working on which goal because of the hierarchy, but at what level and with what level of support to start with. Okay. You can get this free tool at speechtimefund.com slash critical thinking probes. Don't worry, the link is in the show notes. Also, in case you wanted to know, that's one tool that I have for you. But if you wanted to do more of the academic correlation with some of these goals, I have a baseline tool that you can use as part of your assessment or in the beginning of the school year IEP inside my SLP Elevate membership that has a high interest text, 
nonfiction text, since that's more challenging typically, depending on the students, um, but it's also more relatable to the classroom curriculum because in science, social studies, that's nonfiction text that they're typically using. It's on Legos. Our students love Legos. They have the background knowledge of it. And it has different probes and tasks for their various comprehension levels related to Bloom's taxonomy. So basic WH questions, main idea, context clues, comparing and uh, sequencing, comparing and contrasting, summarizing, what have you. And I break it down each individual level for you. And that is available in my SLP Elevate membership only. And you can learn more about my SLP Elevate membership for resources for your older speech students by heading to slpelevate.com. So these two tools I have for you can give you information to help you confidently create goals. And the more confidently and more specific you can create these goals and more confident you are in them, the more likely you are going to see progress because it'll be easier for you to create sessions and lesson objectives to meet these goals. Since if you're better understanding where they're at and what types of materials and levels of materials you're providing to them to address these goals, you are more likely to see progress. And at the end of the year, it doesn't mean that they've mastered it completely. It might mean then the next year they're going to say, this year they're going to go to two paragraphs or this lexile or less support. So it doesn't mean just because they grasp main idea, it doesn't mean they are done. They're not done until they're functioning at grade level. You have to assume they're not functioning at grade level, and that's why they're still struggling, and that's why they're still needing to work with us. And that's how we make our activities relevant to the classroom, but different than a classroom teacher or a tutor because we're not using the curriculum. We're using what is appropriate for them so that they can be successful and build that confidence. So just to recap, when you're deciding what goals to work on and while you're doing the evaluation process, spend the time to go a little deeper than just the standardized testing. On top of dynamic assessment and all that fun stuff, it's great to spend time to determine where is the breakdown in those comprehension skills from the basic concepts of WH questions to the inferencing. And as the length of the text and the level of complexity of the text gets higher, where is the breakdown? What skills can and can't they do? And with what level of support? By getting all that information, you will truly feel confident walking into that IEP meeting, making any recommendation, and also you can be confident that they're going to see growth at the end of the school year or at the end of the IEP year, what have you. So I hope you found this helpful. Send me a DM. I want to hear from you guys. Was this helpful? Was this not? Go check out this tool. Let me think of what you think of the critical thinking probes. And as always, I like to end my episodes with a joke because jokes are just fun and it's a great way to start the week and build rapport with your students and have some fun before you dive into the heavy stuff. So what did one wall say to the other wall? I'll meet you at the corner. But I'm ching. All right, guys, until next week, stay out of trouble and be the best SLP you can be. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of SLP Coffee Talk. You can find all of the links and information mentioned in this episode at www.speechtimefun.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the show so you don't miss any future episodes. While you are there, it would mean the world to me if you would take a few seconds and leave me an honest review. See you next week with another episode full of fun and inspiration from one SLP to another. Have fun, guys. <laughs>